This is the Infatuation Podcast, a show where we get together to talk to people about Asian things that we love. This is Curtis, and on today's episode, we'll be doing a special collaboration with a briefcase podcast and talking about the genre known as Asian true crime. But um, yeah, so I, I was telling uh, folks, so you know our politics here in America. Well, you know our, our news in America here that it's kind of a rough time for America for it Asians. Is. So it is. I may delay this pod for a little bit because things are a little <laughs> fresh right now. So yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 talk to the audience, but we also might push this into April. So we'll see. Mm. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I want to give a huge trigger warning today. Anyone out there uh, who might be sensitive to talking about crime or violence, this is not the show for you because we're going to talk about Asian true crime today. Uh, and it is a popular genre and it is fascinating, but it also is terrifying to some people and may not be your cup of tea. So definitely... Excuse yourself from the room if you're not into this topic. Not for children either, so keep your kids off of this podcast this time. Just use your discretion. So we are joined today by a a whole bunch of people today. Actually, this is a good... I like it when we have a lot of people. It's always fun. So we're bringing back uh, Jennifer. Jennifer is a five-time host now. Welcome back, Jennifer. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you again. And I think you like true crime, right? I am a huge fan of true crime um, podcasts. And um, those Netflix docs, which Netflix has been doing really well at them lately as well. So I like listening to it. I like watching it, etc. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're going to have some things to say. And coming all the way from Singapore, it is, we're here on Saturday, but she's already in Sunday. Sunday morning, we have Teddy Teo. Welcome, Teddy. Hi, Curtis. Woo! Thanks for joining us. Uh, and Teddy is from, she is the host of a true crime podcast from Singapore called A Briefcase. And I just found you randomly searching around on Spotify and really enjoy listening to you. What is it, every Tuesday morning we get to hear you? Well, every Tuesday morning, but I have a day job like you, Curtis. But then it's like <laughs> Tuesday morning if my boss doesn't have things for me and if I feel okay that week because, you know, mental health. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so about every Tuesday. About. But it's a super fun show. It's a super fun show. It's short. It is literally a briefcase every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good good ride into work listening to you. And so I appreciate emailed you or dm'd you about coming on and you will were willing to come on so thanks so much no thanks for having me how are things in singapore right now are you guys open for business what's going on it's kind of weird because we are open for business we have a vtl with america so come on over um but it's also not as usual because like our bars and our restaurants close at 10 30 which is crazy early and like you have to wear a mask everywhere which is like it's all right, but you know, like the average in the day is like 35, 40 degrees. So you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I'm dying. So yeah. like, I just do my eyeliner and that's it. This is, this is it. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so I didn't know that we could, we could all travel to Singapore. All right. 
Yeah. It's good to know. Were you on lockdown at all? Did you have a, a significant amount of lockdown or is it? Yeah, we had two lockdowns. So I actually started this podcast during the first lockdown because I was okay. like dying of nothing to do. You know, like when uh-huh. you have nothing to do, you start to like wonder. And then I was like, I maxed out everything true crime you could listen to. <laughs> I listened to everything on podcasts. I listened to female criminals, unsolved, serial killer, serial. I watched everything on Netflix and I was just like, well, we are out. <laughs> Time for me to fill that gap. Yeah. And start your own. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's been something that you've always been into, like even as a little kid or... No, so um, I think it started with college. So one of my um, college roommates, like a corridor mates, because we lived in singles, she was like, listen, um, Teddy, you got to listen to this thing um, from this girl called Stephanie Sue. So I don't know if you know, but she's like a major name in like female true crime. And so I started listening. And so it would be horrible because I spent hours just like listening to her, like play on YouTube and playing like Tetris because I have a Tetris addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So true crime and Tetris. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad, Curtis. Is that rehab? (laughs) (laughs) We need an intervention. Do you mind playing a little game with this? Because I love uh, singlish. Oh my gosh! Yes, I actually came up with some, but I'm sure that you have you have your list as well. I have a little list. You want to do yours first? Yeah. So it's really cute because, like, um, my my boyfriend was like, "Oh my god, you have to do this." Yeah. <laughs> All right. So do do I just go? Yeah. Why don't you uh, see if we can guess what it means? Okay. So this one is funny because. Um, I know the origin of this and it's very British, so it's not like the most Asian, but like people okay. will say as you are backing into the kind a lot, you know, they're like watching for you. They're like, hey, go stand. So the word is go stand. Yeah. Go stand. <laughs> Does that mean like be careful? No. Go stand, right? Go stand. And, and yeah. they say that as you're backing up? I, I think that's as you're backing into a lot of like parallel backing, which I cannot do for the life of me. <laughs> um, does yeah. it mean like you're good? Your car has been positioned well? No. Okay. So go stand. It's uh, British and it's a short form for go stand. So, you know, like the, the boat done. So which means that you can actually keep going. Oh, oh go yeah. astern. Go astern. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? Cause <laughs> hand yeah. Yeah. Funny just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it'll be like, hey, go stand, go stand. You're good, you're good, go stand. Oh, yeah. Oh. Would not know that. All right, I got one. How about this one? Jennifer, do you know what shock means? It's like shock? Am I saying like that right? S H O C K? It's more like S H I O K. Oh, shock. Shock. Oh, how do you say it? Shock. So Teddy is so shock. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Used in a sentence, these nudes are hella shock. These noobs? These, these noodles are hella show. Oh, like, oh my god, I just realized how it sounded. Oh. Oops, whoopsie. <laughs> really good? Really good? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Or awesome uh, or something like that, right? Yeah, it's like like awesome and it's usually used for um, things like food, massages. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the entire context of the word. <laughs> <laughs> food or, or massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got one first? All right, um... Gasu. So this is our national cultural what I guess. We literally had a comic about it, Gasu. Oh, I think I know this. Yeah, one. so right, if you it. know any like Mandarin or any sort of uh, Asian dialects, you can like basically 
switch it to the li- dialect, and then you get like the literal translation. I, I think, think Jennifer, you're very uh, Taisu. Taisu. I think the actual dialect is um, Hakka or Hokkien, but like yeah, Kiasu. And maybe K A I S U. Kai, Kai. Like you're very this. Kai <laughs> su. Excited? I don't know. <laughs> but you could talk about parents being Kaisu. Yeah, you can talk about parents being. Can I cuss? <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. We already did the Is disclaimer. Is it oh shit? Yeah. No. 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 All right. Here, here's a sentence. Tutoring is very popular in Singapore because of kaisu parents. Tiger. Right? Yeah, like overly like worried. Competitive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like so. The literal ho. translation is scared to lose. Kaisu oh. because kai is scared and su is losing. So like his parents were scared to lose out. Oh, yeah. scared to lose. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um. Oh my god. Do you want to know? Um. Let, let yeah. Me... Give us an insult. Okay. So this is like the biggest gangster insult. But like you hear primary school kids doing it all the time because it's like one of the first bad words they learn. So it's like you know when you're in high school, actually not high school, when you're in middle school, and then suddenly you have middle schoolers that suddenly they're like fuck, and then you're like oh my goodness, and then they're just using fuck all the time because they're so into it. Right. Right. So this is like for um elementary schoolers, they're like oh. Yeah, we're into this. So the word is jibai. Jibai. What's the origin? Um, like, is it English? I'm Chinese. No, it's not English. I think it's dialect. Um, let me let me think. Used in a sentence, it'll be like le jibai. Like so, you jibai. You jibai is also an acceptable um, use. Jibai. Your mother's jibai. <laughs> It's so <laughs> Is it for China? <laughs> it's just for China. It, that's what it means. <laughs> Are you serious? So kids, yeah, so kids will go around and being like, you chibai. <laughs> or like, um, don't chibai. Or you'll be like, he's so chibai. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just thought oh, like, man. I can't imagine kids going around, you vagina. And then like, like, no, so it's like, um, you know how, I mean, not in America. I know America, yeah, I feel um, like, the word can't. It's horrible, yeah, 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 but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, or pussy, or, sh- or, yeah, like yeah, you, you pussy, but like it's almost the same as you know how Australian kids, because we have an Australia, a pretty big Australian population here, are like British kids, because I did uh, a semester in the UK, they'll just go around being like you can't, and it's like nothing. Yeah. So it's interesting how yeah. insults um change right. because here it's like kind of bad but not the worst but in australia it's like nothing and then in america it's like <laughs> oh no don't you dare yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh let's move on that was fun thank you for that teddy uh i i love hearing the accent like hearing especially i don't and do you notice this that when you're with one of your friends and doing an episode like michelle or margaret yeah you do more singlish yeah we do a way more singlish and i think that listeners appreciate it because it's way more genuine because like i have my professional work voice on yeah yeah um, when you're like, reading your script you're kind of more professional yeah. but then when it's you and you and the girls that you, you just slip into the i singlish. love it um i think i don't do this as much with the guys though like with um justin Bing chilling or like with uh ruben i tend to keep it because they they are more proper as well for some reason they uh. take this like seriously they're like oh my god teddy you're <laughs> a serious real podcast <laughs> that's cool no i i we we love the ones that you have the girls on with you it's so fun yeah um all right so you we talked about this already you've been doing the podcast for about almost two years now 
Uh, do you know, have you kind of noticed any difference between the different countries that you look into? Like you do crime from all different regions. Mm. Do you find like certain countries are more violent or more, you might see more types of crime in certain countries than others or? Right. So yeah. like, um, it's hilarious because me and my boyfriend were saying that, wow, there's a lot of insurance fraud in Taiwan. <laughs> 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 so the insurance companies are kind of lax, aren't they? Only after uh, like a couple hundred cases, you're like, hmm, this, this guy's vibe <laughs> is dying a little bit. Yeah, no. Um, but there are shitty people everywhere. That's the thing. Yeah, but, that's a given. So some places, like, I think it's not so much whether it's violent. It's so much as whether there's like the environment that allows them to get away with that. So like, I think shitty people would be shitty everywhere. But like in bigger countries, like let's say... Korea, China, India, you could go go murder people in different states and it take ages to coordinate and find you. Whereas somewhere like Singapore, like you you murder somebody and two days later be like, hey, I found a body. What's <laughs> going on? And we have like CCTVs everywhere. And then the police will just have like, I guess, some intern or some analyst just sitting there for eight hours being like, Oh look, I found this after like 20 hours of footage. So like, this guy dumped it. Let's follow him to his house and everything thing is on national record um yeah. so it's so easy to track crime in singapore so you can't really get away with anything i'm not yeah. sure you could but like it'd be a lot harder than say uh if you were gonna murder someone in a national park in the middle of right. japan say yeah. or like in a rural yeah. village where there's like a thousand people yeah yeah plus you guys have the you have the death penalty and it, it happens within a year, right? Like, Ooh, very can... controversial. I, uh, I have feelings about that, but yeah. Yeah, but let's not go into that because it's a bit, okay. a bit touchy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we do have the death penalty and it's, for some things I do think it's validated because I do think that the deterrence does, does have a stance because like, I think more and more we're starting to realize the effects of like soft media influence and the fact uh, that you know that there's the death penalty is a deterrent for everything but at the same time so. it's also you look at the things that they apply the death penalty to and you're a bit like is it valid like uh if you're flying on a yeah. plane on vacation to singapore they're like hey if you're holding any sort of drugs we are going to kill you <laughs> and then you have like the the estimates and stuff. Hi, thank you for flying on Singapore Airlines, which is great because Singapore Airlines is really comfy, like legit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, we hope you had a good trip. Hope you like the food. Hope you had a good time. Also, don't carry drugs because you will die. Yes. <laughs> oh, anything at all, you will die. Oh man. Yeah. So anything more than like a coin's worth of we so not even like a, a blunt or anything oh, and wow. boom you wow. are now there and you have your whole country and everybody else being like hey you, you sh probably shouldn't be killing somebody over that and singapore's like no we're we're, we're, we're gonna yeah gonna. yeah yeah now we all remember uh that kid that american kid who yeah. was like vandalizing mailboxes um, and they wanted to cane him <laughs> oh dude the caning is so bad so like people imagine caning to be just like oh like you know your parents did your parents ever hit yeah. you yeah sure yeah the, the bamboo rod, yeah yeah the like bamboo rod, very, feather duster yeah yeah feather duster um i think the the latinas latinx community have the slipper 
and yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Singaporean parents used to bamboo rock because we Asian right, <laughs> and right. so it's like it's more like whipping like right. like each hit will draw blood like they have like professionals who are trained to do it and yeah. if I'm not wrong they used to replace the guys so that the hits would be consistently painful like it's it's brutal but I think that with that case and with a lot of cases there are so like there's very biased misreporting on both sides sure yeah and i think it was a lot more than just vandalism like he had a track yeah. record of bad behavior but like yeah. that was massive because it feels it was it feels so weird to have this kind of really old school punishment <laughs> right but like yeah i'm yeah. i'm not gonna lie i think it the the fear of it like keeps a lot of people from doing things yeah sure yeah yeah i'd imagine all right so uh I think let's talk a little bit about true crime in general. Uh, Jennifer said that she's really into it and that it's something... When, when did you get into it, Jennifer? I think my sister introduced it to me. We, it was she, When we were driving back from like long road trips or anything, she, was, she would always put up like Dr. Death or like Generation Y um, or Serial, and then we would just listen to that. And I remember we would always listen to it at night. So we're driving back at like 10 p.m. and then we're just listening to like an hour long podcast about death. I don't know. That's it sounds kind of crazy, but I found <laughs> it really interesting. And I think nighttime is the mm. perfect time to listen to true crime. It sets the mood <laughs> perfectly. Uh, Teddy says no, don't do it at nighttime. <laughs> No, so um, I stay in a one-bedroom apartment on, like, a low floor in, like, the red, like, district of Singapore because that's all I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, like, if I listen to true crime at night, I'm, like, locking my doors, locking it, and then I'm just like, shit, there's a lot of doors in this apartment. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. And home invasions don't happen in Singapore, but in my head, I'm like, home invasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably an occupational hazard of looking up this stuff. Yeah. For me, I kind of like the uh, like the ones that are unsolved or the mysterious, the mysterious mm. ones. Like, you know, Serial was the first one I really kind of got into. And uh, for anyone out here who hasn't listened to Serial, it was... Several years ago, but it was a case, and it actually was an Asian girl. The girl who was murdered was Asian, and they they arrested her boyfriend who was Middle Eastern, and he ended up going to jail. And I think he reached out to NPR or the 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 host of uh, This American Life, and they started doing a little investigation. They realized that the evidence that got him in jail was really a little sketchy. And that his his lawyer was really pretty incompetent, and there were a lot of holes in their investigation, and so it was really fascinating. It was almost real time, right? They were doing this investigation and releasing episodes, and people were kind of hanging on every episode, like, "What is going on? What's happening?" And it it kind of led to a little bit of revelation as well as an appeal, and I think his appeal went through. That I think his appeal was that his lawyer was didn't do a good enough job. And so I think it's still being held up in appeals court, but he's, as of now, I think he's still in jail. But the power of the podcast was that it actually got people talking about it and looking into it, and I think it helped him out a little bit. But in terms of radio, in terms of entertainment, it was very riveting and really sucked me in. And I haven't listened to a lot of true crime outside of that, but except for a brief case, that's the one that I listen to the most. 
But uh, yeah, there's something about it. Like, do you think what do you, what is it about true crime that sucks people in, especially women? It seems like women seem to really like the true crime genre. So, like, um, just in pure statistics, I have like eighty percent women listeners. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow! Yeah, like when I look at it, I was like, "Damn, ladies, maybe I should like just get my girlfriends on." Nobody wants to listen to men. <laughs> no. And you said about half of it comes from America. Too. Yeah, like half of it comes from America. So I'm just like, damn. I think it's like watching. A train wreck or a car accident you know on the highway everybody slows down and looks like oh what's happened here and i think like like you especially for unsolved cases i always get people fighting into my dms be like i think it was the parents i'm sure it was uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. like i think it was the boyfriend it's always the boyfriend and i mean like well like just numbers wise it does seem like it's always the boyfriend <laughs> or husband <laughs> yeah. yeah no yeah. jen why, why do you think it's into it um well just for me personally i feel like it's just very riveting because you kind of get to see like the most intense moment of someone's life right because our day-to-day lives are pretty monotonous we don't regularly come into contact with like crazy things um but i think like true crime kind of shows you like if it's within the realm of possibility, a human being has probably done it, right? So I feel like it kind of makes you less naive to the world. I don't want to say it makes you jaded, but it just shows you like, okay, this stuff is possible. And especially I feel like there's like an underlying theme of like, especially with women, you have to be really careful with who you choose to be your spouse. Because what is up with all of these? It's usually the husband, it's the boyfriend, right? So I feel like women, especially like we really got to look closely at the people we choose to allow ourselves to be around, because often it's going to be the closest people um that will potentially harm us or hurt us if we're not careful Hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know exactly maybe it's kind of like you know how people for guys it's like riding motorcycles or jumping out of airplanes and gets that adrenaline rush but maybe for women it's more the psychological Mm -hmm. that gets the adrenaline going or makes you feel a little nervous yeah no when i first started doing it I, i like wake up in the middle of the night and I look at my boyfriend and I'm just like, you are the most likely person to kill me. <laughs> it is you, boo, it's you. <laughs> or like, I don't know, I'm always just thinking, it's like, oh, are there any psychopaths or sociopaths in my life? Like, I'm always just thinking that in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm, is this person crazy? Scary? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, none yeah. of the victims probably imagined it happening yeah, to exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just shows like, you never really like, really know someone like on the surface someone can seem so nice so normal but then behind the scenes like you you really don't know what's going on in their minds yeah so do you tend to pick cases that are a little bit older or do you do you care about the age of it because some years are a little bit older or is that just what you found locally yeah so i think for singapore it's a little bit odd because there's a whole there's a lot more older cases because I think once we gain independence, the government was kind of like, nah, nah, man, nah, this, <laughs> this shit does not fly. Like, I think in the first 10 or 20 years of um, independence, we were like, all right, we're going to shut down the gangs and we're going to shut down the kidnappings and mm. um, we're going to instill the death penalty. And then we're going to like, and so now it's really, it's really intense because like on buses and at train stations, um, 
I think there was something like I can't remember. It was very penny, but it was about if you grow up a girl on the train, you're going to jail. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you throw up. Yeah. So yeah. it's. If you grow up a girl, oh, yeah, okay. but but if you eat on a train, it's like three hundred bucks or something. It's crazy. <laughs> if you don't wear a mask, it's like three hundred bucks. If you oh, yeah. um, let me see, if you find if you jaywalk, I think it's only like fifty bucks. But like, don't get caught. <laughs> Everybody still does it, but just don't get caught. What about spitting gum on the floor? Shit, I think that's a lot. I think that's like three hundred or something. Okay, and okay. fucking tickets start at like seventy. So when I got my license, when I first got my license, I was just like going broke because I like I forget. So they didn't have digital <laughs> tickets yet. So it was like needed, yeah. and then you you like ah uh-huh. oh, fuck, I have five minutes. I gotta run before um the parking mate comes. I'm like ah, yeah. They just love. They love their fines. They love their. Yeah, fines. but now it's um. I think it's a lot less now. I think it's a lot of. Just really sad cases with like families and things that isn't like very. I don't want to say fascinating, but it's much. It's just it's just much more sad. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, huh. if you do like a recent case, it's, I feel kind of bad because people's families are still around and they're just still. still yeah, and then I'm just like, oh, it's so weird. Cause what if I say this? Cause I'll. I think you have to be very careful about handling like victims and families and everything. But like, I think sure, if you've yeah. listened to my episodes, we're kind of like, he sucked. He he, he, he <laughs> yeah, was gonna right. kill his wife because he had a mistress. What a piece of shit! Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then I think if it's really old, it doesn't really matter. But if it's like newer and maybe they still have like a daughter or siblings around, right. you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I'm trashing this guy because he deserves to be trashed because he's a horrible shitty person. But at the same time, like. It's someone's not dad. nice. Yeah, yeah, he's someone's dad or someone's sibling, and you're just like, oh, I'm a horrible person. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Are you constantly looking for new cases? Like, are you always just kind of looking in the archives and finding them? Or Yeah, so um, I think in general, Singapore specifically has a really good library system, and just our libraries are great. It's amazing. Uh, and mm-hmm. I used to reference back then, but now at this point of time, I have like a lot of cases that people have recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Both like my friends who are like, hey, you do that podcast, right? Then I'm just like, guess I'm not that <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> 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 or like uh-huh. I have um, like listeners sliding and then be like, hey, can you cover this? Isn't this intense? And so like I look at the case and I'll be like, okay, this is fine. And all like, this is so interesting, especially, I think the most recent case I covered, which was Arushi Talwa was from a listener. And I was so shook. I was just like, how can this be? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, how can it, how mm-hmm. can it, and the unsolved cases, like you said, ah, yeah, crazy. Um, and then sometimes on Netflix, because once there's like a good true crime documentary, it'll hit top 10 of Singapore and I'll watch it and I'll be like, this is insane and then i'll like go on a deep dive on it mm. yeah. yeah yeah that's so you you got enough material just from the listeners keep sending it yeah in. it's massive yeah. fun uh let's get into a couple cases um well let's see we'll get through at least one this week and then maybe we'll do some more next week so Final warning, this first case has, is pretty graphic. <laughs> so, all right, so we are talking about, this is, uh, do you remember what number episode this was? This is the Geisha Killer. Yeah. The Killer Geisha. No, I don't, but I remember I did it last year, and I was reading it, and I was like, 
damn girl damn this like, girl yeah yeah like from her early life i was like damn girl your parents are kind of kind of fucked up and then after that yeah. she became an adult i was like damn girl you gotta chill <laughs> and then after she killed somebody i was like damn girl stop stop you <laughs> chill out well and it's it's interesting because it's so old but we know so much about it because she lived for a while after yeah no and she was so ah she was just there yeah, yeah. All right, let's set this up. So uh, this is the case of Sada Abe, the killer geisha. Is it okay we let you kind of lead us through this and we'll just react to it as you... Yeah, all right. Quick summary. So episode 53, the killer geisha, Sada Abe. So she was born into a family, like a big-ass family, I think eight people, which I think, I guess wasn't so big then, but like it's kind of huge now if you imagine it. And so she had a sister. And so this is where the first like shook thing that happened so her sister was like a bad girl and she was like sleeping around and you know how all the societies are more into like oh you gotta not until you get married and so Uh as like banishment for sleeping around her parents are like oh you like sleeping around so much why don't you go be a prostitute and they literally (laughs) sold her i was like what what yeah that's good good parenting right there yeah it's like, you know, those kids that smoke and then their parents make them smoke the whole pack and then they feel good and they never smoke again. And I'm just like, I don't think that has the effect you want it to. <laughs> yeah, um, so she's working. In, so how old is she in the brothel? She's like 15 in the brothel? or Yeah, so that was her sister. So she uh, is a bad girl as well. And she ends up being sold. Like, I mean, not bad. She's just a bit more rebellious. But, you know, like the standards for women back then were very unfair. Mm. So she ends up being sold into a geisha house. And I think geisha stays charged by incense sticks by 15 minutes and popularity. And the thing is that a lot of the more successful geisha, like a lot of sports or like a lot of cultural things, you start from young, you know, you start ballet from when you're like three uh, or four. Yeah, yeah. And so she went, went into uh, Izakaya, like a geisha house when she was like a teenager already. So it's a bit, I wouldn't say it's a bit late, but it's a bit late to get trained in yeah. everything you needed to get trained into. And she was like, ah, shit, I'm not making as good money as other people. So I'm going to become a prostitute because, you know, it was it was a matter of options at that time. Yeah. So geisha, geishas are, are like, they're just companions and they, like, they're not prostitutes by themselves at first, right? They're more like the higher level geisha are more like escorts in the in the sense that they just kind of hang out with rich guys and pour them tea and drink and yeah, I think in today's time they're more of like they're like a remnant of like a cultural icon. So like if you go to Japan, you can like go on vacay and be like, oh, I want to go to a tea house and have like teapot to me by geisha and look at all the cultural things. But I think it used to be that they were um, companions and you didn't necessarily sleep with them because I think the sex part is kind of iffy for geishas because it's like you're not supposed to you're you're there to party and have conversation and that's what you're offering but I think I think a lot of them not a lot of them I think that in an opportunity sense many of them ended up being partners of very rich established Mm -hmm. men just because of the nature of their job interactions oh like in Singapore one of um there's this lady, uh, she got like, I think a, a couple million dollar payout and she used to be um, a stewardess for business class. And then I think, if I'm not wrong, she she got with her husband from a stewardessing and I was just like, ah, okay. damn girl. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay, like, so. it's something like that. You know what I mean? You're there to provide a service that is yeah. not sex, but like chances are, yeah. why not, mm. right? 
But you, yeah. but if you're low level, you don't make that much money. Yeah, and maybe you're not servicing the kind of clients that give you that kind of uh, opportunities. Anyway, so okay. she becomes a prostitute. A long story short, a bunch of stuff happened in her parents. She so she moves to become a prostitute somewhere else, and then she meets this guy who's like, hey. Like like pretty woman, don't be a prostitute. Why don't you become a restaurateur? <laughs> Let me hook you uh-huh. up with a restaurant um, owner, and you can learn how to restaurant, because that's the goal, right? I think I think that's like an effective way to do sex work, where you like have a goal in mind with the money from your sex work, because it's mm. one of those jobs like modeling where you have like a cut off time, and I think that's like pretty smart for a girl to do that. Okay. And so she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take all my sex work money and become a restaurateur, which is like. Good on you, Sada Abby. Yeah. Um, okay. But guess what? She ends up hooking up with the restaurant owner. And apparently she <laughs> was like, like, so I think that it's one of those cases where either it's ridiculously um, exaggerated because the, the passage of time, right? Or, right? or it might really be true just based on the things that happened because like, how can these things happen? Like, uh-huh. so they were like, oh, she was a bit of an infomaniac. Mm. Like, like she gotta get it. If not, she can't like yeah. focus on the day on life. Like in today's day and age, she would probably be like, "I gotta go to Sex Addicts Anonymous," <laughs> and and so she ends up hooking up with the restaurant owner, whose wife also worked in the restaurant, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so they would go on these many day sex benders, where they would like literally have sex in front of the hotel hotel staff who's like I'm just in here um, getting you food and they're like yeah it's fine just, yeah just 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 put it over there oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and so this is how it became so prolific because like I think if I'm not wrong they did skip out on their bill once or twice and like you know like the owner's like yeah you know I had this couple come stay at my tea house and and like I had the mate go in and, and they were just banging while she was trying to change the tea Get them some hot tea. <laughs> and so, like, so she was like, hey, bro, you gotta leave your wife for me. I mean, I'm your number one girl now, mm-hmm. huh? All right. And he was like, no, no, I'm not gonna uh, leave my wife for you. And so she okay. got kind of mad and they had sex anyway, because, you know, why not? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then when he was, oh, oh, and they were into autoerotic expectations which is like is this thing where you choke where you get choked out while you bone <laughs> which also by the way you shouldn't do this if you suspect your partner is a serial killer because like what, <laughs> Good <laughs> what, advice, yeah. what better opportunity right so like Sada Abe is like yeah they're gonna choke you out and so she chokes him <laughs> out while they're banging and then she kills him by by yeah. On purpose with, with or by accident? Is it like, oops, like on purpose? Oh, okay. it, it was like, screw you, you won't leave my wife. Actually, you know what? It might not have been on purpose, but at this point of time, it's reported yeah. to be mm, on purpose. Okay. Sure. And then after she was done, she was like, well, since he's, he's dead, I'm going to take the part of the body that I love the most. And so she cuts off his penis. And, and then um, she carves her name and his name into his dead body which and, and then so initially I think she tried to cut off his head but like she couldn't like fit the head under her OB to like <laughs> oh my god you know you can't just be like I'm walking out of here I'm all good but then she was like well the penis fits so she put the, the penis into her sleeve like oh there we go <laughs> oh. and so she goes on the run 
Yeah. And the uh-huh. the hotel staff comes in and they're like, oh, shit, it's a dead body. I wonder who did it. On his um, appetite and on his arm. So I'm just like, worst murderer ever. Worst murderer ever. And so she um, she goes to another hotel. And I, I think this is reported. And I, at the same time, I'm just so conflicted because I'm like, is this something that they exaggerated or is it true? So it's reported that she tried to um, masturbate with the uh, cut-off penis, but because it's like cut off, there's no blood, so it How like, is doesn't that po- get hard. It, yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. so the police actually caught her, and they knocked on her hotel door, and she's like, she she didn't even try to hide. She's like, yes, it is I, Sada Abbey. <laughs> I take it you found the body. <laughs> yeah, and so I think in the end, she didn't even get... Um, she didn't even get life or anything. She came out. She lived a life. She became a waitress, and she just carried on as is. And she wrote. She wrote a book, right? She wrote an autobiography. Yeah, I think so. Let me see. Or there are books about her. Yeah, there are books about her, and she had an alias. And I think everybody got distracted by World War Two because you know Japan was a major player yeah. in the Asian theater of war. Ah uh, yeah, she yeah. had she had an interview and it was called like the erotic confessions of Abe Sada. I don't know. I think a lot of crimes with women end up overly like where women are the perpetrators, mm-hmm. they end up overly sexualized mm-hmm. because nobody can imagine like, oh, I'm just a regular girl trying to commit like a yeah. massive crime. They have to villainize women. I mean, they are villains because they committed a crime, but they have to add like the element of, oh, she was a seductress or she was an infomaniac or she was this or that. As if like sexuality has anything to do with being a good or bad person. Yeah. 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 yeah this was a very, I, I think it was very sensationalized and that was, it was a, just a popular kind of topic that people would talk about, yeah. and, you know. And so this is early. This is the nineteen late nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. So a long time ago. But there were like, like still pictures of her, and I was like legit, like, oh, you know, what? I can see her as like really hot and milky, <laughs> which is uh, like I was like, oh yeah, oops, it's me, I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So interesting story. If you want to hear the full episode. Uh, what is it, episode 53? Is yeah. that what you said? So, yeah, episode 53, you can hear um, uh, Teddy talk about this story in more detail. But, yeah, so weird, like just a weird upbringing, worst parenting ever. And then just, yeah, her, her motives for doing these things, uh, who knows, right? Who knows exactly what really mm. happened? But, yeah, really, really tough story to hear. But, um, yeah, so we're gonna. Uh, I think, I think we're gonna end there, but more coming soon. We're gonna. We're just getting started on these tales. We have uh, a lot more crazy stories coming along. Uh, again, uh, we're gonna warn you ahead of time on the next one as well. But uh, coming up soon, we have some other episodes that you might want to listen to. So keep in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram or click follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hey, if you would be so kind and leave us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, give Teddy a rating too. Uh, a Briefcase Podcast on Spotify or Apple. Give her a five-star review. Let's see. The, the way to get a hold of her is you can email her over at, well, DM her at, the, at her Instagram, A Briefcase Podcast. Or uh, what's your email? Your email is the same, right? Yeah, a briefcase is... podcast at gmail.com. Because even though I bought the domain, I was like, uh, 
and let's not set this up. It's a bit of effort. Gmail yeah. is the way to go. Gmail. Uh, for us, you know how to get a hold of us. You go to infatuation at G- infatuationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And we hope that you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.